Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. And Woody, keeping us on point, says, get on with the show. We got a lot to talk about. Did a quick glance on Twitter between the last segment and now to see if there's anything new. And here's a couple of things I just wanted to highlight and we'll get into the information that I've got here. So a couple of tweets that came out that are relevant to all the conversation we're having. This from Matt Couch at Real Matt Couch. Breaking. Twitter has changed how you retweet until after the November 3rd election, only allowing quote tweets, which means only your followers can see it versus retweets where everyone can see it. Now, if you're not familiar with Twitter, you, if, you know, if you've got a lot of followers, great, they'll see it. But if you retweet, other people who are not following you can see your tweets. So now Twitter's blocking that. Yeah, this is elect. This is, as Matt says here, blatant election interference against the president's campaign and his followers. Big tech is doing everything. They are the Russians this this election cycle, aren't they? They're the ones with the interference. Big tech, who knew? Who knew they were the Russians? But they are definitely, definitely interfering in this election. As I said before on the previous segment, I've been banned from TikTok because I called Robert Reich a fascist and a little Nazi because you know why? Robert Reich wanted, if Biden wins, every Trump supporter to be put on a show trial. And I believe he also said deported. So that's that's what fascism is, people. That's That's who they are. If you call them out on it, big tech shuts you down. Here's another one. Uh, this is from Renata at RL9631. Confirmation vote for Amy Coney Barrett, the Supreme Court nominee of U.S. Seventh Circuit Court Judge Amy Coney Barrett, will officially go to the Senate floor for a final vote on Monday, October 26. She pulled that from the Western Journal. So it is happening. She is going to be confirmed Monday. We will have our ninth Supreme Court justice. All right. Well, um, there is a lot. I mean, we are 13 days outside the election. The Hunter Biden laptop scandal is exploding. More to come out. Watch Maria Bartiromo's show tonight where Rudy Giuliani will reveal what else it's going to come out today. So let's get into going on with the election right now. This from Gateway Pundit. Biden campaign pulls ad after truth about wealthy Michigan bar owners exposed, exposed sorry, by conservative media. Yesterday, we wrote about Joe Malcoon, co-owner of the popular The Blind Pig Bar in Ann Arbor, Michigan, home to University of Michigan, who appeared in a new Joe Biden television ad where he blamed President Trump for Gretchen Whitmer's decision to shut down businesses during the COVID pandemic. First of all, what I'm about to show you is the hypocrite of the left, which you the hypocrisy of the left, which you already know. But first of all, what who doesn't know that Whitmer is the one that's keeping things shut down? How come I live in the state of Georgia? We're pretty much open, not 100%, but we're pretty much open. State of Florida, all restrictions lifted. How how is it Trump's fault in one state? And not in another. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, that's because cognitive bias from the left. So uh, from the article, in the, the blind pig ad, Joe Malcoon is simply identified as Joe. The Biden campaign ad never mentions that Joe, oh, 
wait for it, Joe's a wealthy business owner or that he frequently hosts big ticket fundraisers for high profile Democrats in Michigan. I, I didn't get it. I don't get it. This is another one of those cognitive bias things, I guess, right? How, why, why does the left do this? They, they bring people in and highlight them and the people they bring in are obviously biased. We've heard story after story after story like this. Can't they find people that agree with them? Is that the problem? Or that agree with them that aren't biased, that aren't fundraisers, that aren't in the pocket of the Democrats? Can't they find just regular Americans that are, are actually suffering that agree with what they want to do? The answer must be no. They can't find regular Americans that are suffering through this and agree with Democrat policies. So in the ad, Ojo goes, we don't know how much longer we can survive talking about his restaurant. In the ad, Malcolm falsely accuses President Trump of his business woes. This is the reality of Trump's COVID response, he says, adding, we don't know how much longer we can survive not having any revenue. All right, here's the part that we all knew was coming. Wait for it. The truth is, Joe is a wealthy business owner, and he's also a large donor and fundraiser for the Democrat Party. On July 1st, he told the Detroit, the Detroit Free Press that he and his business partners had other income sources and that the blind pig was just a passion project. <laughs> this is Donald Trump's economy, says the Democratic Party fundraiser, completely ignoring Donald Trump's pleas to Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer to reopen the economy. There is no plan and you don't know how to go forward, Joe Malcolm whined, like many liberals who are still unwilling to accept cognitive bias, the 2016 election results, the angry Democrat tells viewers, it makes me so angry. After the news comes out that Joe Malkin is actually a wealthy tech startup business owner and investor, and that he regularly hosts large ticket Democrat fundraisers, the Biden campaign pulled the ad. After it was found out, yeah, hockey puck on that one, right? I'm sorry. They knew. They knew who this guy was. They were, they were giving him a bomb because he's helped them out in the past. They were, they were rewarding supporters by putting him in an ad. Oh, sad Joe, but sad Joe or mad Joe. Mad Joe, turn into sad Joe. Um, here's Joe Malcolm, a tweet from Joe Malcolm. Oh, oh my gosh, I sure, sure hope it was just a quote. It wasn't a retweet because otherwise only the people, you know, that he's following or follow him are going to see it. Uh, Joe Malcolm tweeted out, I'm proud of all of this. He's proud of it, ladies and gentlemen. He's proud that he's a hypocrite and a liar. I'm proud of all this. Amazing how little they understand the message sincerely makes me sad. Joe, Joe, I hate to break this to you, buddy, but you're a hypocrite. You see, a lot, most Americans, they don't agree with Joe Biden's policies, okay? They don't agree that Joe Biden's policies are actually going to benefit them and help their families. So you know what? That's why you can't find anybody to go in the ad, Joe. That's why they can only find you, a Democrat donor who's in the pocket of the Democrat Party. And you, and of course, you had to come out and lie. You had to make it seem like, oh, my struggling bar, my poor struggling bar, what will I ever do with my, what is this, what is this bar name, something pig? Uh, blind pig? Blind indeed. Anyway. Let's talk about those policies that Joe, not Joe Biden, Joe, the hypocritical bar owner, who's a tech startup 
businessman investor with lots of money and other sources of income to keep his bar afloat while his governor, who's been pleaded by the president of the United States to open up the state, has not. So let's talk about Biden's tax policy. You've probably seen this meme running around where 62% uh, of high income people in states, cities like New York and California are going to pay or the, 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 that a large number of people are going to pay 62% tax. Sorry, get that out right. So here's the headline from CNBC. Uh, Biden's tax plan could create a tax rate of as much as 62% for New Yorkers and Californians, studies show. High earners in New York and California could face combined federal and state tax rates of 62% under Democrat President nominee Joe Biden's tax plan, according to to experts. While Americans earning less than 400000 would, on average, receive tax cuts under Biden's plans, the highest earners could face double-digit increases in their official tax rates, according to nonpartisan analysis. In California, New Jersey, New York, taxpayers earning more than $400,000 could face combined state and local statutory income tax rates of more than 60%. Think about that. You are making $410,000. That's how much you make. You know, in most cities, that's a pretty good salary. In uh, San Francisco, New York, not so much. Not bad. I mean, you can live on it there. But let's say you're making $410,000 in income. And now with this new tax rate, because we're talking about the federal taxes plus the SALT tax, the state and local taxes, you're now paying 60%. You're paying $246,000 of your $410,000 income. You now are making $164,000. Now, you were paying taxes before, but you weren't paying 60%. So $164,000, can you live on that? Yeah, you can in most cities across the country, no doubt. But in San Francisco and in New York and in uh, New Jersey, Chicago may be one of those big cities. Um, Southern California, or pretty much close to almost all big cities in California, are just crazy expensive cities. You know, that puts quite a chink in your lifestyle. I mean, that's actually, that puts a hefty chink in your lifestyle. So you're, in these states, go Democrat. I mean, 62% of their earnings, if you're making over 400000 is the higher you go, the more you're going to pay. And you may have heard 50 Cent, the rapper. Yeah, I don't really know who he is much about him. Anyway, I do have a, a 50 Cent story. My wife, who used to be in a retail environment, worked at a store. I won't name the store. It sold sunglasses, a big one. I think it started in a hut. Anyway, um, she was working one day and 50 Cent came in to her store. Now, this is uh, closer to the height of his career. I don't know where his career is now. I don't follow 50 cents. Anyway, long story short, he asked, he, was, he has lunch with him. He asked, can I eat in the back, you know, because fans bother him and all that kind of stuff. She said, sure. She's a nice lady. And he sits down, he eats lunch, and he looks up, and there's a picture of my daughter, her stepdaughter. And he goes, wow, that's a pretty girl. Who's that? So, hey, 50 cents said my daughter looks beautiful. So, I, you know, props to 50 cents. Anyway, 50 cents, this is from PJ Media, 50 cents endorses Trump after discovering Biden tax plan saying, I don't want to be 20 cents. <laughs> so, and we also heard uh, Ice Cube has worked with Trump and just got vilified 
by not only people in his own community, meaning other black people, but people on the left. But 50 Cent, because of Biden's tax plan, has said, I'm voting for Trump. So let's talk about that tax plan. But first, you know, let's say this. Let's, we, you know, we're talking about how if you're in a, a more expensive city, it's going to cost you more. It's because your taxes, uh, New York taxes, San Francisco taxes, way higher. So let's say you live here in Atlanta. Atlanta's a decent cost of a living. It's gone up over the last number of years, but it, it's still relatively decent compared to those big cities. So if you were in Atlanta, in one of the suburbs, making 50 grand a year, and you moved to, oh, let's say the New York, New Jersey area, you would have to be making the equivalent of $114,000 to have the same lifestyle. So, you know, while the jobs pay more in these cities, that's not always easy to get to. But let's say you were making that $410,000. And how much would you need to make if they took 62% of your, think about it, if you, if you, if they took 62% of that 410,000, you're already 164. You're living in New York, you're living in San Francisco, you're living in New Jersey at 410,000. You're doing okay, even though it's still pretty expensive. But then along comes the 60% thing. Now you're down 164,000. To, to offset that, you got because to, to live in, let's say you move from Atlanta at 410,000, taxes aren't as high. You move over to New, New York area, you now have to make over 930 thousand dollars to have the same cost of living so nearly what 500 over five hundred thousand dollars more in income uh tall order for a lot of people don't you think i mean these million dollar jobs just fall from the ceiling for people you know i know they pay more if you go to these cities but that much more so let's say you you're now you're up there you're making nine hundred and thirty thousand dollars in new york under Joe Biden's plan, he's going to take 62% of that away on average. And the higher you go up the, re the income chain, the more you're going to pay. Here's what that breakdown looks like. And, um, the Motley Fool did a story on this. It was back in October 4th by Christine Bieber. What would your tax rate be under Biden's plan? We're assuming that the Biden's plan hasn't changed much, if at all, since they put this report out. But here is, they show the effective tax rate in 2021 under the current law and the effective tax rate in 2021 under the Biden plan, okay? This is for next year. This is for after the election. Under current law, here's what the tax rate is for, for your income group, and here's what it's going to be in Biden's, okay? It's coming from the Motley Fool. They're a financial um, stockbroking site that does all kind of financial news and stuff like that. It's a credible source. The bottom quintile <clears throat> of income groups, the bottom quintile, the bottom, current, 20, 30, current tax rate in 2021, you're paying 1.1% in tax. Under Biden's plan, remember, this is the bottom quintile, 1.6%. That's right. It goes up. See, that's the thing. It can't go down. It can't, it can't stay static and you not pay anything. The reason is Biden is going to eliminate the tax, the, the, the Trump tax cuts. Everyone who's paying income tax got a tax cut. So the bottom quintiles, taxes go up a half a percent. May not seem like much to you, you big money bags, rich person, you. But for some people, that could be a lot of money. Could be the difference between a car payment. So the second quintile, they pay currently 
under Biden's plan in 2021, 9.4%. They actually do better than the bottom quintile. It only goes up 0.3%, but it goes up. It is an absolute lie when Joe Biden tells you that his tax plan will not raise the taxes on anyone making less than $400,000. In the middle quintile, Current tax rate is 16.9%. It goes up to 17.3%. Look at that. They make out better or about the same than the bottom quintile. The fourth quintile, 19.4%, goes up to 19.8%. I'm sorry, I'm, I misspoke on the bottom quintile going up from 1.1% to 1.6. That's only a point. No, it's a 0.5. I was right. I thought it was 0.4. So the bottom quintile is paying 0.5. Second, middle, and fourth are paying uh, 0.3 and 0.4 increase more. So the fourth quintile, as you said, 19.4% to 19.8%. The 80% to 90% quintile, their tax rate currently at 22.8 goes up 23.2. They can probably absorb that easily. The 90 to 95%, 24.5 to 25.1. The 95 to 99%, 26.5 to 27.6. Now you're saying, wait a minute, those people are making 400,000. No, they're not. 400000 is the very top. The average median income in this country, I think, is $45,000, $50,000. The 99 to 99.9% .9 quintile, current tax rates are 30.7. It'll go up to 37.4. And the top 0.1%, the wealthy of the wealthiest, will go from 30.6 to 43%. That's a big jump for them. Here's the thing about the big, the top quintiles. They have tax accountants. All of this will be washed out somehow, some way. I'm sure there's going to be leftists that'll comment in the comment section on the YouTube channel. Be sure you do, by the way. That'll tell me, well, look at Trump. He only paid $750 if he didn't lie about his taxes. Now, again, uh, cognitive bias. If you're going to make that comment, be prepared to back it up because he, he didn't lie. There was no lie there. If, let's say, it's true, Donald Trump paid only $750 dollars in taxes and i think it was 2016 that was reported one those weren't his tax returns that they were releasing because they a can't have them as illegal b they never said they had his tax return they just said they had tax data so we don't know if it's actually true or not but let's say it is for argument's sake he didn't lie about anything he didn't cheat about anything he used the tax code to lower his tax rate because he has people that are smart that takes advantage of every loophole in the book. And there are a lot of them. So if he only paid $750 in taxes that year, well, that's good on him. That's what these people are going to do. See, Biden's plan says he's going to raise X amount of dollars, that it's going to create this much income and revenue for the government. It's not. It's not because... The rich will find the loopholes. They're there unless you rewrite the entire tax code. And God forbid the, the, the Democrats or the Republicans do that and give us a flat tax of some sort to make it simple, no loopholes. But no, this Biden's tax plan, ladies and gentlemen, will raise your taxes. There is, I, I'm a layman in all this. I mean, but it is just beyond, beyond um, cognitive bias to think otherwise. If Biden, and it's simple, it's so simple, I don't know how leftists don't get this. If Biden says, I'm going to eliminate the tax, the, the Trump tax cuts, and he has, 
He's not backed down on that. And he hasn't explained how that doesn't increase everyone's taxes. Because if he just that one swoop of a pen raises everybody's taxes, including those making under $400,000. So how do, you, how do you reconcile that, leftists? How do you get through your cognitive bias on that one? I don't think you can, but I sure would like to hear it. I mean, please, in the comment section, I would love to hear it. If you're listening to this on the podcast audio portion, my email is thepblpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear how do you reconcile the fact, the absolute fact, that anyone who's paying taxes got a tax cut under Trump's tax cuts. And then if you eliminate Trump's, Trump's tax cuts, everyone gets a tax increase. How do you reconcile that? Joe Biden couldn't explain it. Kamala Harris couldn't explain it. I'd love to hear somebody explain this because I, my, you know, my brain can't find that, that reconciliation. But your cognitive bias, you're, you're going to, I'll get some lame, stupid comments, I'm sure. Uh, but then as you go up the chain, your taxes go up, but then you have accountants, you're not paying that money. Whatever revenue the Biden campaign or the Biden tax plan thinks it's going to get, it won't. Historically, historically, I mean, the data is there. It's empirical. It's all there. Historically. Tax cuts increase revenue to the federal government. It did so under the Trump tax cut. It did so under the JFK tax cuts in the 60s. It did so under Reagan's tax cuts. It did so under Bush's tax cuts. Historically, data proves that. Historical data proves that. It also proves that raising taxes lowers the revenue into the federal government. Cutting taxes increases the revenue to the federal government. Why? When you cut taxes and you give people more of their money, what do they do with it? They spend it. It circulates into the economy. It's economics 101, and the left just doesn't get it. And it boggles the mind. Then they'll be like, wait a minute, the deficit, the deficit. Hey, these are two, two entirely separate issues. If the government would cut spending, then they wouldn't need to tax us as much as it is. Because we have a spending issue in this country. We don't have a tax issue, but I digress on that. So anyway, please, leftists, in the comments, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, it's really easy. Come on, reconcile this. Reconcile it. If you're listening to this on the audio, the email is thepblpodcast at gmail.com. So under Biden's policies, his tax policies, everybody's tax goes up. He's a compromised candidate based on his son, and he's got a cognitive decline issue. Those three things, as I said at the top of the show, uh, the previous segment are three reasons why this man should not should not be elected president of the United States. But this is MAGA Wednesday, so I want to talk about Trump. You know, I always um, we're in the middle of this election. We're down to the final stretches. We got 13 days left. Usually every Wednesday I do a segment MAGA Wednesday and talk about Trump. And I found this article in the Federalist that I want to go over that I thought it was perfect perfect for this segment of the show. And it's uh, by Molly Hemingway, October 21st, 2020 is when she released this. Here's the headline. Trump's greatest accomplishments are, w- are what he hasn't done. Under immense pressure by the media and other Democratic operatives at a time when nearly all global leaders were using the pandemic as an excuse to seize greater control, Trump did not. That 
right there is powerful. Gretchen Whitmer, calling Gretchen Whitmer, governor of Michigan. Now all that power you see, people can even go by seeds. Anyway, from Molly's article, when President Donald Trump returned to the Walter Reed Hospital where he was being treated for COVID-19, he landed on the White House lawn in Marine One, walked up to the White House, scaled the steps and waved from the balcony. It was a beautiful scene for tens of millions of Americans who had spent days in prayer for their president. And you know what? I, when I watched it, it was a touching scene because he still looked under the weather. But the left go, look, he's sticking on his mask. Ah! From Molly's article. The media reaction was beyond hysterical. Some said that Walter Reed had destroyed its reputation by taking in a sick patient and returning him healthier. You think, did you catch what she just did there? Pretty funny. Destroyed the reputation by taking in a sick patient and making him better. Molly goes on. The Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, sought to defund the hospital because it had done its job. <laughs> Angered by his triumphant and quick return to the White House, they said the scene was reminiscent of dictators. NBC News presidential historian Michael Beschloss tweeted, In America, our presidents have generally avoided strong-arm balcony scenes. That's for the other countries with authoritarian systems. Oh, if he's such a historian, did he not catch how um, Obama used to put his chin up and the Mussolini comparisons? There's memes where Obama has chin up and then Mussolini, put it right next to Mussolini. And Mussolini used to use that, by the way, invented that tactic where he put his chin up because it made you look stronger because he was an authoritarian leader. He was fascist, by the way. So while the tweet was amplified by Bechlosh, fellow resistance members, Americans with better knowledge of presidential history than the presidential historian for NBC News responded with pictures of every other president pictured at the balcony, be it Obama, many, many times, once the communist dictator Xi Jinping, no less, President Bush, H.W. Uh, Bush, Reagan, Carter, Nixon, Eisenhower, uh, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Others put out some royal family pics on their own balcony despite to dispute the claim balcony scenes are in, aren't in non-authoritarian country. So I'm going to scan a little quicker on her piece because the, the topic or the title, again, his greatest accomplishment is what he's not done. You know, that is more important than a lot of times what the government does do. Uh, he's not seized authority. Says not seizing authority. He's not seized authority. You know, the one thing that I've heard the left say, oh, we're, people go, people ask, well, how is Trump a fascist? And they'll go, well, he's trying to shut down TikTok. Well, TikTok's owned by the Chinese. They're communists. And, uh, you know, I was against that. Now, hey, since I got banned, now I'm still against it. I'm just kidding. But it, that's fascism, what TikTok just did, right? But he, he didn't seize them. He didn't shut them down. So he's not seized authority. He has not launched any new wars. Imagine that. The left should be joyous of that. This president, almost four years in, has not launched a war. He's not ignored his campaign promises either. That has the left all riled up because that one, they just can't wrap their brains around. Because again, cognitive bias. They want to believe what they want to believe. Most, most elected officials, presidents especially, make all kind of promises, never keep any of them. He's actually kept his promises. Let me read into our piece. All politicians make campaign promises. Usually, they not only fail to uphold them, they outright turn against them. George H.W. Bush pledge of read my lips, no new taxes, was followed by a career-ending tax hike. 
The promise is not to launch new wars or nation build others. Other countries were likewise met by complete turnarounds from George W. Bush and Obama. All Republican presidents have disappointed conservatives in their judicial nominee picks. Trump campaign on pledges to campaign on pledges to improve the U.S. economy, nominate solid judges, reorient U.S. foreign policy by avoiding global interventions and in taking on China, and fight on behalf of Americans who had been who had been ill served by the D.C. establishment. Voters are used to Republican candidates, in particular, forgetting their campaign promises. Trump hasn't forgot them. With tax reform, tax cuts, and unprecedented deregulation, which is one of the main reasons, by the way, why I support this president, that and his judicial picks, uh, on from the article, the Trump administration helped oversee amazing economic improvements, including job and wage growth among all Americans. He has gotten hundreds of federal judges confirmed, including solid Supreme Court justices. One of those battles required amazing fortitude. The difference in conventional wisdom on how much the United States should take from China is stunning from just four years ago when most of the establishment was extremely cozy with the foreign adversary paging Joe Biden. Party of two. Joe Biden, party of two. Joe goes, uh, my son with me, he'll be right back. He's in the bathroom. I think he's smoking crack. Trump has struck to his policy to end the nearly two decade long war in Afghanistan is another one. So, what this president has not done is one of the reasons why we should celebrate this president. He hasn't started any wars. He hasn't broken his campaign promises. And he, he hasn't, he, you know, this man says what he does. He says what, he means what he says, and he does what he says. So he's, he's not ignored his campaign promises, which is probably one of the most amazing things. Again, I support President Trump for a couple of reasons. One is uh, the deregulation. I mean, his deregulations deregul have been phenomenal. I mean, this is something, if you're a conservative or if you're libertarian even, the regulations that this, this government has put on businesses have stifled businesses, and he's cut those. And businesses flourished up until the pandemic, and even now it's coming back faster than anyone would have imagined. It's not fully there yet, and he hasn't started any wars. Now, this, this is a, a great piece by, by Molly Hemingway. So I'll have this in the show notes. I encourage everyone to read it. This is, this is a very important election. We, if we elect Joe Biden, we are electing a, a candidate who is compromised. He's compromised. You can call it conspiracy all you want, but this man is compromised most likely by the Chinese. Uh, you, your cognitive bias leftist don't believe he's got a cognitive decline issue. I, I had one leftist tell me, I just see an old, a tired old man. Okay, great. You want that in the White House? You can't deny that Joe Biden today is different than the Joe Biden of four years ago. You can, you can watch, and I got a video on my YouTube, you can watch him in the debate, or not the debate, the town hall he did with George Stephanopoulos. And you can watch his decline. I took out snippets of every interaction he had with one of the people in attendance when they were asking questions. And I didn't even I didn't purposely select any of the texts. I just select moments that when he was talking to him. And you can watch from the beginning. I, I have one that's only 60 seconds long. I got one that's like two minutes and 38 seconds long. You watch from the beginning how he's got some energy. He's got some pep in a step. And halfway through. I mean, halfway through, you just see him 
crash and burn. That's just in a 90-minute setting. Imagine if he's president of the United States. This man should not be elected president. We need to reelect Donald Trump. And we need to retain the Senate. And we need hopefully get back the house but we're not going to get the house back but we need to reelect this president we need to keep the senate and here's how it's going to happen again the left cannot stand this this is this probably has them more angry than anything else and they are emotional people they get angry easily this from breitbart polls support for president trump surges in the black community oh my gosh does the left hate that Oh, man, do they the vitriol they have towards blacks that support this president. It's unbelievable how angry they are at him. President Trump got 8% of the black vote last time around. And this time around, they predict that he's probably going to get around 16% minimum, minimum. It could be higher. And then you've got polls out there showing the Hispanic communities like at 30, 35% support of this president. Could this president be the Republican that turns the tides for the Republican Party? See, the Republican Party did not know how to get the minority vote. They just didn't know how to do it. This president knows how to do it. He does it through economics. Give people more of their money, help them thrive, help them survive, and guess what happens? They support you. Promise is kept. MAGA Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, we are 13 days out. We do not need China's influence in the White House. We do not have Russian disinformation going on. The only disinformation we have going on in this election right now would be that of the lies coming from the left and the suppression of your voice from the big tech social media giants. That's the detriment to this election. It's from within. There's no external forces that can penetrate this country and destroy us. That can only be done from within, which is another reason why we need to elect President Donald J. Trump. We cannot allow the left to have all levers of power. May, the 26th of this month, Amy Coney Barrett will get a vote and by all indications, she will be on the Supreme Court. We will have a 6-3 court, more of a 5-4 court with Roberts, often leaning to the left. And yes, there is a, he leaned to the left out of a case in Pennsylvania just came out. Don't have time to get into that. But if we get, once we get Amy Coney Barrett on there, we will have the Supreme Court as a conservative court. And, and I'm going to say the Republican, I'm saying conservative, conservative, constitutional court will have a majority in the court that are constitutionalists more so than the minority. We will have that if Donald J. Trump loses the election, that at least we have, and it will be because of Donald J. Trump. Thanks for listening to this segment of the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. You can find us on our social media links on my website, the pblpodcast.com active very active on twitter you can find me there I tweet out a lot a lot of what i talk about on the show i tweet out on twitter uh, i am on facebook now i haven't been doing a lot on facebook but you can find some stuff on facebook i put show notes and stuff on facebook as well and um 
one way to support us on the show is to click on our YouTube link because I put out a lot of videos and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Do watch some of them. It'll help the algorithm of the show as well. But what I, my big ask right now is subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube, the YouTube channel, Politics and Brown Liquor. And another way to support the show is on my website in my media links or my social links is patreon.com. You can find us on patreon.com at the PBL podcast and buy membership, support the show that way. Be a membership anywhere as little as a dollar to $25. And there's several memberships you can buy. Right now, everything I put on Patreon is open to everybody because I'm building that up. And But I appreciate your support on the show, even if it's just a dollar. It doesn't take much to keep our voice going, but it does take some. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Woody, we are signing off. Woody.